We continue now with your emails. Uh, my discussion Thursday of the death penalty sparked this from Kathy in Cleveland. I was only 20 in 1976, but I think I remember reading about your father in the papers. If I recall correctly, it was front-page news at that time. Would it be too painful to share some of what happened then? No, Kathy, I've told the story many times with pride. Dad was 66 and working as an accountant at a trucking company. It was lunchtime, and only he and a female employee were in the offices, or so they thought. The lady went to the restroom where, seconds later, my father heard screams. An intruder had broken onto the property and hid himself in the restroom stall. He began tearing the woman's clothes off, attempting to rape her. My father ran to her rescue, fighting off her attacker and allowing her to escape. Despite the intruder being more than 40 years younger, almost a foot taller and nearly a hundred pounds heavier, Dad, a former Golden Gloves champion, was getting the better of him in the fight until the attacker was able to pick up a random hammer and beat him over the head with it. My father was rushed to the hospital, barely clinging to life. I flew into Cleveland the next day. In his room, I found an overflowing basket of telegrams and cards from well-wishers. He lived long enough to hear me, tearfully, read them to him. At the funeral, hundreds of strangers turned out to pay their respects. Ken in Nebraska had this to say, Considering what happened to your father, I was shocked to hear your opposed to the death penalty. But I must admit, you make a very persuasive case. You've got me rethinking capital punishment. And that is the purpose of this podcast, Ken, to get people thinking. Friday, I talked about what I see as a disheartening trend in American consumerism, that being paying more to get less. I knew you'd have your own examples, and Erica, here in my home base, Las Vegas, had a dandy. Like you, Frank, I've lived in Las Vegas a long time. In all those years, we always had garbage collections twice weekly. Then, about a year ago, it was announced they would cut back to once a week. So while our service was literally cut in half, our bill remains the same. What a ripoff. Erica, it's even worse than that. If you'll recall, we used to be able to stack almost limitless refuse at the curb on any of those two collection days. Now you're allowed just one day a month for trash that won't fit into their provided receptacles. So service has actually been cut to less than half. And no, the savings weren't passed on to us. Now, a drum roll, please. The winner of our email of the month contest. $100 goes to Marge in Illinois. 
I was impressed by how you pulled a 20-year-old story out of the mothballs, pointing out the hypocrisy of a supposedly staunch pro-life congressman who secretly took his unwed teenage daughter across state lines to terminate her pregnancy. Good job and congratulations. Well, we'll be giving away another $100 next month, so keep listening and keep those emails coming to me, frank at perfectlyfrankpodcast.com. And my thanks to those of you who have written that you enjoy our closing bumper music, all of which comes from either my 12-CD collection called Play It Again, Frank, or excerpts from DVDs of the Stage Biography series of shows we've presented here in Las Vegas. All of which is available on our website, musicalartscholarship.org. As we are a registered nonprofit, your purchases are considered donations and are tax deductible. Until tomorrow.